0: Welcome to another episode of the Talking Payroll podcast. My name's Tracy Angwin. In this conversation, I talk to Daniel Watson. Daniel's been working in the payroll industry for over 20 years, since he started as a payroll officer at Jewel Food Stores in the mid-90s. He's one of those really unique payroll professionals who also has a real sense of how technology can shape a payroll operation. He spent time as a payroll consultant uh, at technology suppliers, implementing their technology as well as hands-on payroll and payroll management and project management from the client side. He has also run payroll bureau services and has some pretty impressive brands on his CV. These include uh, the likes of uh, Retail Adventures, Mervac, Hayes, PepsiCo and Cerebral Palsy Alliance. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation with Daniel Watson. Welcome to the Talking Payroll podcast.
1: Thanks, Tracy. Nice to be here.
0: I see. I mean, we've known each other for, for a long time, um, but I've been checking out your LinkedIn profile recently, and I was quite surprised that you st- have been in payroll since 1996. So clearly you started when you were five, just like I did. <laughs> um, how did you find your way into the payroll industry?
1: Uh, well, I decided to move on and study uh, my HSC, Um and I guess in the early stages of year 11, I, it just uh, a light bulb moment um, came about where I just thought it really wasn't for me. I, I really didn't want to uh, continue studying. Um, and at that point, the only way I was able to leave school was to, to have a job. Uh, my parents were adamant about that. Um, at that uh, point in time, uh, my mother was a national payroll manager for a large retail Um, business. Um, And she needed a junior payroll officer. um, And that's how I fell into it. So you could kind of say it's in my blood. Um, She's now left the the trade, but um, I've carried on the the family tradition.
0: That's brilliant. You're the payroll prodigy. That's
1: it. That's me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's so interesting. It's really funny because I ask most guests that question. And I love, the the answers are so varied, but, you know, we all fall into payroll somehow. But that's, um, like, you're the closest person I think I've ever asked that question to (laughs) who's actually kind of almost deliberately, albeit it was you had to stay at school or, you know, join your mum in payroll. exactly. That's that's pretty awesome. uh,
1: Interesting family dinners, that was for sure, because it was uh, me and my mother always chatting about payroll-related issues over the dinner table while my father just looked at us uh, quite (laughs) straight. Brilliant. Sounds like a dinner party that I go to. <laughs> <laughs> now you've, what, one of the
0: interesting things too about following your career is and you've worked at actually not one, but two outsourcing firms. Mm-hmm. And it's something I think, you know, outsourcing is um, one of those things I think a lot of, a lot of organizations find really hard to get right Um you know, a lot of – I speak to a lot of people, often HR uh, directors, who will say, you know, the payroll's in a big mess, so why don't we just outsource it? And I ended up having to explain to them how that's just going to amplify the problem. Yeah. But, you know, you've got a lot of experience with outsourcing. So how – talk to me about how best to make outsourcing work for employers. Uh,
1: look, from from my point of view, outsourcing um, doesn't work unless you've already got your systems and processes and your procedures in place. Um Throughout my career in outsourcing, I've seen clients um, come across to the businesses I've worked for, um, and they really haven't uh, been fully satisfied with the outcome, simply because their payroll was in a mess to start with, and they thought outsourcing was going to fix all of those issues. Um, Outsourcing doesn't fix internal issues within a business. Um, It Mm, simply has someone sitting elsewhere... Doing the work that is passed over to them. So if the internal business processes are failing, outsourcing will never fix that.
0: Yeah, that's look. That's exactly exactly the experience that I've had as well. It's, it's basically labour arbitrage. Yeah. So if which it, is it it's really great to hear you say that because it's exactly the experience that I've had with with organisations where they say, oh, you know, outsource the payroll and it didn't work for
1: for us. You're just really moving the problem on. You're not not actually fixing the underlying issue there.
0: Yeah. Right. And also. Putting the problem at a distance as well.
1: You lose complete control of it because you're having someone else process the payroll for you. Yeah. You're not yeah, sitting exactly. in their office. You don't know who's doing it or exactly where it's being done. It could be done offshore and you may not know about it. Um, the other thing with uh, outsourced payroll that uh, I came into constant um, uh, contact with was clients outsourcing payroll um, and expecting so much more than what was offered. It was almost like they expected an outsourcer to be their internal payroll department, um, even though that was out of scope in the SLA. So you don't have that you know, constant human contact with, with your payroll team. So I think you do lose something by outsourcing payroll in some respect. I, I think in some cases it would work, um, but in others it may not be the best approach.
0: Yeah, especially for that sort of old-fashioned bureau-style outsourcing. Um, you know, I often say to people, you know, you, you can outsource the labour, but you never outsource the responsibility. And I know a lot of people uh, ask me. They say, you know, can you can you tell me who a, a good payroll outsourcing company is for me? Because we want advisory as well. We want, um, you know, we want someone to tell us when when the awards change. And very few will
1: actually provide that service. Yeah, well, the businesses I've worked for, we would never give advice uh, on on. A- or industrial relations related matters, that was still up to the client to get that information together and understand their obligations. We'd obviously provide some guidance, um, but it all, there, there was always that caveat over the top that, hey, we're not our, our people are not true experts in this area, which is unfortunate. Um, you need to go and get this advice your, yourself.
0: Sure. But as you say, if they read the SLA and understood it to what it was, what, you know, it, it would make that quite clear. I would have thought you either provide that
1: advisory or you don't. Exactly, but you'd, you'd be surprised at how many clients didn't really read the SLA. <laughs> no, no,
0: it's funny, isn't it? Not just in outsourcing and all sorts of things. Exactly. How funny. So you've you've worked in payroll a long time, more than twenty years by my calculation. Um, w- what do you enjoy most about payroll? Uh, well, the change, working in the payroll
1: industry. Yeah, the the changes. Um, I think that's what appealed to me from day one. Was um, payroll is one of those areas that um, goes through constant change, right? So there's not there's never a dull moment in payroll. Well, not the teams I've managed anyway. So you know, it's payroll is is affected. Um, or influenced I should say um, through so many different ways you know be it legislation company policy company projects um, or even social changes um, you know the, the the changing dynamics of the workforce uh, having mm-hmm. a direct impact on the way payroll teams, Interact with their their customer base, being the employee. Um, so I think that's what that's what does it for me. The constant change and the challenge of making payroll work with all of those changes happening. Um, I, I treat it a bit, bit like a game in that respect. In terms of well, how can I how can I get the best result um, by implementing this change correctly? And, and that change, you know, I, as I'm going through that, I also need to take into account. Um, you know, the risks um, and, and the impact on the businesses, uh, business and the employees, I should say.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting that you say that because so many, I think so many people in the payroll industry, especially those who have something to sell, just don't think about it in, a fuller, uh, in the fuller in the fuller organisation sense of of uh, payroll, oh. um, you know they think about what happens in the pay office, but not necessarily about happens what happens when someone comes to work and what impact do I have on you know on, on the employees. Uh, I was speaking to someone this afternoon, and, and he was he's a manager of a um, of a payroll company payroll services company, and he said he asked his sales team who are our customer, and he said. It just started a conversation because, you know, who was was their customer? You know, is it the HR manager is it the CFO or is it the employees? Is it the company? And they had questions around this. So I think at least, um, you know, some of these suppliers are actually starting to think a little bit broadly, but certainly traditionally it it hasn't been the case. Very true. So, so what do you think uh, in terms of right now, you know, we've just got through, well, we've, we're getting through, I suppose, single-touch payroll, but what, what's one of what the biggest challenges for payroll professionals at the moment in your in your opinion?
1: Yeah, so I think the, you know, today's payroll person, um, I guess, needs to be prepared for a shift away from being that um, transactional role within a business. Um, I do strongly see uh, the future Payroll person as being someone who um, is is relied upon to manage vast amounts of data, um, manage data integrity, um, implement risk mitigation programs, um, and monitor and manage those risks. Um, I think they're really going to be um, involved in in analysing data more often than the transactional side of things. And I say that because you know, some of the the workflows and the automation being implemented into payroll and HRIS systems um, is outstanding and will only get better over time. Um, So, as they move away from that, they'll need to focus on the quality of the data, particularly when uh, we're now seeing government departments like the ATO rely on that information to ensure the employee's taxes uh, are done correctly. So, that's where I'm seeing it, and, and I would hope that that uh, other people are starting to see that and and making slight changes uh, to their payroll teams?
0: Mm, I think the skills that are going to be required in the future are definitely more strategic than transactional. So, it's great to hear that you're seeing the same thing. Absolutely. And and as you say, um, you know, the tax office and I suppose – Ongoing, more and more government departments think, you know, think Centrelink, think uh, uh, so all sorts of social services, test, off, uh, officers of state revenue. Yeah. Um, you know, there's going to be a transparency there, and even even pay by pay. I think just having STP as a pay by pay transparent process is is really going to affect, um, you know, the strategy of a lot of payroll departments. So um, I totally agree that that's yeah, a absolutely that's that's a challenge that. Hopefully, we can all look forward to. <laughs> to watching. To with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, what about you? you? You got into payroll. You had a bit of a, um, a, a tip from home mm-hmm. as to it's a pretty, it's a pretty awesome career to be in. But what tips would you have for someone new to payroll, and you know, at the moment, who, who or, or someone who thinks they might want to, um, you know, want to get into a career in the payroll industry? Oh,
1: look, I I always say to myself, why am I in this role <laughs> um, oh. or industry? Um, Crikey. We might have to edit that yeah, one I know,
0: right? <laughs> I know you love yeah, it. I, know I do. You love I do. It.
1: Um, look, I, I think um, advice for someone considering payroll is to, I guess, uh, understand that payroll is, is not just about managing an employee's actual pay or dealing with numbers. A lot of people... Enter the industry, or they fall into it, I should say, and they think it's all about mm-hmm. doing some calculations, and and the job is done. Um, and it's it's much more than that. To me, payroll is all about customer service. It's all about uh, knowing your legislation and the, the the relevant acts that are out there. Um, mm-hmm. Understanding how powerful the data is that you hold, um, and understanding that it's not a traditional accounting function anymore. It is is more a people-based function. Um, And I think a lot of people make that mistake, uh, particularly those that transfer from a financial role into payroll. They think, oh, it's payroll, it's part of finance, you know, it's kind of similar. Um, And to me, it's nothing like finance. Um, In fact, it Mm. should be moving away from that and being more customer-focused, with the customer being our employee.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think customer service we have a we have a uh, recruitment team and a lot of times um, what we find is you can have really great payroll technical skills and and even knowledge on on you know legislation but if you don't have great customer uh, customer service skills it really does leave um, you know you wanting in terms of a career in payroll so yeah. you've we just see you've got to have both the best payroll professionals out there have have both and and I agree too that you know we've got all this data and you know perhaps having some some analytic skills to get insights out of that data and I I know that that's the way a lot of payroll software will start to go but um do you what do you think about specific you know is it just is it advanced excel skills is it sort of analytics kind of training? Is that the sort of way that, you know,
1: people in payroll should be thinking of going? I, I think so. I mean, uh, Excel is a great tool. Um, some of the the higher-end HRIS and, and payroll systems use some very specialised reporting systems. Um, I've had the ability to use a product called SAP Crystal Reports for uh, most mm-hmm. of my career, and I love it to bits. It gives me a little bit um, of ability to learn some programming and some SQL, um, but also just drag and drop and create formulas and, and group and sort data, um, and that's mm-hmm. been, been very valuable, but, you know, I, I understand that there are some systems out there that don't have that, so somewhat, I think most payroll people need to have a good, solid understanding of Excel, um, but they also need to understand the structure of, of the payroll data or the database, yeah. <laughs> right? Because there's no point in saying, um, I want to create this report um, because uh, and not understand the structure of the data because you could mess it up, uh, you know, pretty easily. Um, mm. So if you don't understand some basics in terms of um, uh, relational databases and how tables are joined and what's a one-to-many relationship, I think you you won't be good at extracting data from systems, Um And, you know, in in my current role, um, I do that all day, every day. I'm I'm constantly writing reports and extracting data into CSV or Excel and sending it across to uh, SQL Server or another part of the business, such as our Finance One system. Um, So I'm constantly being dragged into that. And I think they're valuable skills for payroll people to, um, if they don't already have, you know, start to learn that from people like me that have those skills and, and take that away.
0: Yeah, and it's those insights. I always think about the, the amount of data that you hold. I was speaking to um, a, a, a guy that works for a payroll software supplier a couple of months ago, and he was talking about things like um, if you really understand your workforce, so for example, if you understand that, um, you know, how people like or don't like to travel, um, you could have a look at your database, for example, of employees and think, depending on, you know, based on age, based on how far away they live from the office mm-hmm. and based on uh, length of service, you could probably pretty accurately uh, pick the next five people who might resign, for example. So just like a, from a succession planning point of view, that's just the insights that you've got. I don't see employers using that um, as much as they could and I really think, like you say, with those skills, which, you know, may or may not be in your payroll office at the moment, I think you're quite unique with having those <laughs> skills, but... Um, you know the, the insights you can you can glean and, and then use in a more strategic manner. Are, um, really undervalued by or underutilized as well by sort of HR teams in particular. Oh,
1: absolutely, that's for sure.
0: So I know that you, you talked about, you know, your your technical skills, which are clearly, you know, better than most. But, you know, I certainly know you as someone who loves a challenge and you, you understand payroll technology, both how to use it and how to implement it, because you've got those implement, that implementation experience as well. Um, you also know about payroll outsourcing and, you know, how it works and perhaps how it should work. Where do you see the next innovation coming in the payroll industry?
1: I think we're going to see a stronger emphasis on on workflows and and automating again that transactional as, aspect of payroll. Um, I'm also seeing some of the larger vendors. Um, uh, start to implement, um, uh, you know, robot messaging through, say, mm, Facebook Messenger. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess the next logical step is, hey, let's introduce Siri or Alexa to the, to the mix so that we can sit at home and ask Siri, you know, have I been paid yet or can I request leave because I've seen some great TV show about um, some beautiful beach destination somewhere. So I think at some point, will move down that track. I think mm-hmm. in terms of, um, you know, software development, you know, payroll and H R S systems still aren't quite there in terms of some other software uh, or, or industry-related software on the market. They seem to be a little slower um, at adopting some of that. But we're starting to see, um, you know, some of the larger vendors, um, you know, uh, start to implement some of the basic, functionality in terms of, you know, uh, voice integration and and um, th- those robots that, you know, you can chat to through Facebook Messenger or, or Twitter.
0: Yeah, I've seen some of those too. It's pretty cool. I've actually seen a demonstration of Alexa being used with a payroll product just as yeah. a sort of a bit of a beta. And it's really, really, I mean, it just opens your mind as to what might be possible. Oh, well,
1: absolutely. You know, and, I, I think it's, it's great. Um, if if obviously the technology is stable and it works. I mean, Siri's not foolproof yet. We, I think we all know that. Um, I've, I've been in my lounge room of a night and I've had Siri just talk to me randomly and it's like, should I unplug her now? Um, yes. it's, it's quite scary. Um, but hopefully um, they also focus on, on making the process really easy for the employee because even some of the... Uh, ESS and MSS functionality I've, I've used throughout my career is still really designed for payroll people. It's never designed mm-hmm. for the end user. And I think that's where a lot of software developers go wrong. They never, they never start with the end user in mind. They start with payroll or HR and then they they tack on this you know, ESS module, but a lot of it's payroll speak, and you know, I, an employee doesn't understand the difference between prorata entitlement, total entitlement, net entitlement uh, for leave balances. They just want to apply for leave. They they yeah. don't need to know any of that. Um, but you know, we've got payroll systems out there still displaying that information when they go to apply for leave, and it confuses them. Um, so I think you know that, uh, that's where we're heading.
0: Yeah, that's, that's so, so true. Look, it's been, uh, it's, it's been fascinating talking to you because you've got this quite unique set of experience and skills. Um, I've got, I'll put your LinkedIn, um, profile in the, in the show notes. Is that the best way to, for people to get in touch? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, if they want to you down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always, uh, am here to help anyone with any questions in terms of payroll or, Uh, or anything like that. In fact, um, I run the online procedure user group through LinkedIn and um, I have a good following there with with, um, other users of that particular system. Um, But that doesn't mean anyone can't contact me and and ask me some general related payroll questions or or, um, anything like that.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, I'll put both of those links in the show notes so if people do want to get in touch, they can get in touch that way. Thank you so much for your time. I know that you're a busy guy and um, really, really appreciate you being uh, being on Talking Payroll. My
1: pleasure. Thanks for having me, Tracy.
0: Hi, this is Tracy. I hope you enjoyed that last episode of Talking Payroll. If you've got any comments or questions, please email them to us at podcast at au. And look, if there's anyone that you'd love to hear on this podcast or someone that you think that I just have to interview, and maybe that's even you, uh, please let us know by emailing podcast at ostpayroll.com.au. That's podcast at austpayroll.com.au. I'm really looking forward to having you listen again next
1: time I'm Talking Payroll.